Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. Today, I am super excited to have with me Joseph K. Muscat. And the reason I'm excited to have Joseph here is because he's a neurodiversity expert. He brings his personal experience of neurodiversity to his professional life and to theories and studies conducted based on this condition. Mr. Muscat's he also adds a unique personal perspective and storytelling to the area of specialty of neurodiversity. His ancestry is in Malta, but he was born in Toronto, Canada, received his education at New York University, and returned to Malta in 2014 with his family. And so there together with his wife, Mr. Muscat continues the family successful business of professional photography and the commercial industry business, along with a neurodiversity consulting company. Thanks for being here, Joseph. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I have to say, I, I have to get used to being the North American pronunciation of my surname, Muscat. Because here in Malta, it's Muscat. <laughs> Muscat. And, and it, for all my life, I always tell people it's Muscat. And now it's like, no, it's Muscat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And so there's... There is so much we can dig into with this, but let's start with your your professional history and how you got to where you are today. So give us a little bit more, dig in a little bit more and tell us more about you. Sure. Well, I'm the youngest of three boys and I was diagnosed with, at a very young age with a number of what is now known as neodiversities, which back then was would have been known as learning disabilities. And for a lot through my whole entire educational career, I wasn't really told what my learning disabilities were uh, until I forced for a new psychological assessment before leaving high school. And even then, though, even though it was explained to me, didn't really have a proper understanding. And in the university, I had better support, uh, but also had suffered from learned helplessness because in university, you're expected to be independent. And even prior to going to university, you're told to be independent. So there were a lot of resources that I could have taken up, but didn't. And then later on, and then later on, I started my own photography business because I became a professional photographer for 20 plus years. And despite many opportunities, I still faced challenges because of my various neurodiversities, which by the way is visual perception, working memory, and visual motor. And in the last five, five, five years, I've had an addict diagnosis of being dyslexic. Ooh. So that was a whole curve that really threw me a loop and was completely missed and not discussed, which also is a little bit debatable because quite often visual perception gets misdiagnosed as being dyslexic. So let's go with it and say I'm dyslexic. Uh, but everything, every time I went looking for support, everything out there is geared towards kids because it's seen as a childhood adversity rather than a lifelong adversity. 
Mm. And then later on, I entered the workplace and even faced even greater challenges despite the opportunities because businesses don't understand what neodiversity is. They don't know how to support people who are neodiverse. Managers can be very abusive. I've had a manager tell me that uh, he was tired of, of my, can I swear? Oh yeah, go for it. My fantastic, tired of my fucking slowness. I've oh, had an employer yeah. tell me they didn't believe in my dyslexia and said I was lazy. So it was around that point, again, going through a, a life turmoil, trauma experience, that's, I decided that I needed to start a business to bring more awareness towards businesses about understanding what neodiversity is and how to support neodivergent talent. Mm. And originally it was supposed to be a three-year plan, but then COVID happened. So a three-year plan became a now plan. So, cause I was made redundant. So since then, for the last uh, two and a half years now, I think I've been on this wave of bringing neodiversity advocacy and awareness for inclusion and diversity in the workplace for neodiverse talent. I love this because I, I would definitely agree there. The same is true here in North America, obviously, that there just is not a lot of adult support, or at least until recently, there hasn't been a lot of adult support. I have to say there wasn't much talk about adult ADHD until 2020 when everyone got stuck at home. And then there was all of these TikToks that started coming out. And Oh my gosh, let me tell you, I learned so much about my adult version of ADHD through TikTok, <laughs> more <laughs> so than any, and of course, TikTok is not a medical diagnosis or whatever, but the explanations make so much freaking sense, you know? And so I think as, as we go through this discussion, so let's, let's, so you've already talked about dyslexia a variety of visual and motor challenges that may come up as part of neurodiversity. I've addressed ADHD as a neurodiversity. What are some of the other neurodiversities that are, what are some of the other, I don't want to call challenges, uh, ways of being that fall under the neurodiversity umbrella? Well, let's take a look at it. The, the neurodiversity is a neurological disorder. And mm -hmm. it, I don't even like saying disorder. The reality is, is that we think and perform differently. And what we have to take a look at here is obviously well, the, the whole point of the term and the movement neo, neodiversity is to change minds in regards to the medical model versus the social model. When we take a look at the medical model, it is look at these problems these people are having. What are the causes of these problems and how can we fix these problems? Whereas the social model is, this is who we are, this is how we think and perform differently, and it's about creating the right environments where our potential can succeed. Mm. Now, when we talk about neodiversity, there are two camps, okay? The first camp is what is known as learning disabilities, dyslexia, ADHD, autism, Tourette's, dyscalculia, development coordination disorder. And those are the top six when we talk about learning disabilities. You notice visual perception and visual motor are not in those categories. Mm -hmm. They are in the learning disabilities, but obviously the top six gets more notoriety. Right. There's even a top seventh, which is development language. Yes, development language disorder, which actually co-occurs with all of those that I've mentioned. Then there's the second camp. Now, I won't talk too much about the second camp because A, that's not where I put my focus in. And B, because 
I'm not really as informed in those areas. Okay. But in the second camp, you have Down syndrome, you have schizophrenia, you have obsessive compulsive disorder, you have Arlene syndrome, and many other ones that fall into that camp because there are technically, those are also neurological disorders. But once again, I'm focused on the, what has traditionally been known as learning disabilities. Mm, okay. And those are, my guess is those are also probably a little more prevalent than the ones that are in the, the second camp based on, because some of the ones you listed, I've never even heard of, which is saying something because I have a psychology degree. So, <laughs> but I think given that the camp one is more prevalent, more of our listeners are probably going to either fall into camp one, because let's face it, I know, like attracts like. I'm neurodiverse. There's a really good chance I'm going to attract a lot of neurodiverse listeners, um, which would make sense. So as we go through and, and talk about this, what are some of the things that a, the neurodiverse person can do to help themselves in business? Because the people who listen to this, my my badass crew, as I call them, are more likely than the typical population in corporate world to be neurodiverse. Entrepreneurs have a higher prevalence of neurodiversity than corporate. So how can they support themselves? Sure. Well, let me just, I would counter that a little bit in, okay. in what you just said there, because Neodiversity, well, first off, we are all neodiverse, right? Just some of us have particular types of neodiversities, sure. uh, such as myself being dyslexic and you're being ADHD. Now, I think one, in the corporate world, there are definitely a lot of leaders, a lot of managers, and a lot of employees who are neodivergent, but over 90% won't disclose because of fear of stigma and shame and because of the threat towards their careers. Uh. And, prof and profession. So technically, one-fourth of, let's say, let me rephrase that. Technically, we would take a look at, let's say, a classroom of 20 students or a office of 20 employees. Statistically, four out of 20 have a neodivergence. Mm. Now, I would argue that that number is completely inaccurate because We've been completely unaware of neodiversity. We've been not properly diagnosed neodiversity. That's why we're starting to see a huge a surge of more late diagnosis because now more awareness has come forward. So for example, women who have been hugely undiagnosed, over 73% have been undiagnosed with ADHD and autism. So is it four out of 20 or is it 10 out of 20? Now, yes, many do go towards entrepreneurship mm -hmm. because they have found that the corporate world was not adaptive to them. So they go out and start their own businesses where they focus on their strengths and they support their challenges. Mm. So if we take a look at, let's say, Charles Schwab, who's a well-known uh, businessman and uh, founder of, of accounting, uh, Schwab's accounting, if I, if I got that correctly, Mm -hmm. He even says in an interview that he's left the corporate world for that particular reason. And he started his own business where he focused on his strengths and created a support system for his challenges. Mm. So that's one reason why many leave the corporate world and start their own businesses. Now, to the answer to your original question, the question you, you, you wanted me to answer sure. was what can neodivergence do to help manage your neodiversities? Well, first off, obviously become better aware of your neodiversity. 
have a better understanding. As I said in, in my bio, I, a proper understanding wasn't given to me. Mm. Let's also understand that your lived experience is different from somebody else's who has the same condition. So it's being aware of what it is and how your lived experience is different. That comes the aspect of once you understand your strengths and you understand your challenges and how to support your challenges, one, how can you self-regulate that? Two, what kind of systems and structures can you put in place to help support your strengths as well as support your challenges? And that also that comes back to having a clear understanding of what it means to have ADHD or autism or to have a core occurrence of ADHD, dyslexia, and autism. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I think a lot of the times we, and, and I believe this is true of both men and women, we are very hard on ourselves and are very judgmental uh, of our challenges and are very good at giving ourselves trouble for our weaknesses. So taking that time to really identify what our strengths are, what our superpowers are, as my friend Michael Whitehouse says, you know, what are our superpowers? So what what are some of the superpowers that you see happen in the variety of neurodivergencies that are out there? Well, I like the word superpowers, but we have to be careful with the word superpowers because some neurodivergents don't like the word superpowers because okay. to, to understanding, I understand where you're coming from and I, and I yeah. agree with it. But there's another, but the, there's another side of it. Whereas we don't want to give a false image of that because someone's neurodivergent, they have a superpower. You know, so right. I'm going to hire, you know, a bunch of autistic people because they're good at IT and good at recognizing patterns. Right? Sure. There's different spectrums. But yes, but to a certain extent, there is a superpower, and the it, it depends. You know, that can that, again comes back to having a full understanding of your neodiversity. I mean, and I'm learning something new every day about my variety of neodiversities. Because again, because the focus for me, again, my lived experience is different. The focus for me was, this is what's wrong with you. This is what needs to be fixed with you. This is how you're supposed to integrate with everybody else in the classroom or in the workplace. So my strengths were not really identified to me. And it's taken me a very long time to try to discover some of those strengths. So that's, again, where you have to come back to what is your neodiversity or diversities mm-hmm. and really understand what your strengths are and what your challenges are. And sometimes, yes, you can use the, um, what's one of the techniques now, the, the SWAT method to help identify that. Yeah. Or take a look at where you're where you have a lot of passion in and where you're really good at, where others have told you that you're really good at that. I mean, you know, most likely by now what your challenges are. You know, you, you know that maybe you're, you're bad at spelling and bad at grammar, or you have difficulty in reading, or you have difficulty in, in sitting still. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what those are because people, you know, you see it and people constantly point it out to you, but no, but no one's really, but have have you paid attention to how people pointed out what your strengths are? Have you paid attention and noticed your own strengths to help find that balance and know where your potential superpower is? Right. Oh, yeah. So for those who haven't heard of this, now I'm familiar with the SWAT, which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and oh, what's the T? I'm trying to remember the T. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's 
Oh, shoot. What is the tea on SWAT? It's, oh my goodness, I haven't had enough coffee for this. Wait, wait, Google. Google will tell us. Let's see. Threats. That's it. Threats. That's what so, I was thinking. Yeah. Threats. What are, yeah, your threats. So your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So it's, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a four quadrant. Right. You know, piece of paper that somebody can make. So just make a box on a piece of paper. And in the upper left-hand corner, not that it really matters, but in one of the boxes, you're going to list all your strengths. In one of the boxes, you're going to list all of what you perceive as your weaknesses. List all of your opportunities. What opportunities do you have with your business? What opportunities do you have in life? And then what are the threats? What are the things that could hold you back? Right? Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and, and if I may, a, mm-hmm. a good technique to do that is to give it to someone who knows you really well and ask mm-hmm. them. Can you fill in what are my strengths, what are my opportunities, what are my weaknesses, and what are my threats? Because obviously someone who knows you really well will be able to identify and see things you haven't seen about yourself before. Yes, I absolutely agree with this. Do it for yourself. Have have someone who knows you really well and is supportive of you, preferably. (laughs) (laughs) Preferably someone who wants to give you helpful feedback. I, I I don't like constructive criticism because... That that has like such a negative connotation. As my mentor and friend Scott Conway says, it's feed forward because it helps us move forward, right? I love feed forward. So let them give you some feed forward, some information that can help you move forward and also see the, the strengths that you may not see in yourself. Because what I often see as a coach myself in people is... There are lots of people who don't see certain things in themselves as strengths because they're like, that can't be a strength because it's too easy. <laughs> it's easy for me. So it's it's not a strength because they assume it's easy for everybody. Right. It's not. It, it really isn't. And so what are some examples of some strengths that you see in some of the neurodiversities that are out there? Well, you know, it depends on the individual. Both, sure. you know, ADHDers and, and autistic people can be good at seeing patterns. Yeah. They also can both be good, as well as dyslexics, as being good at strategic thinkers. Yeah. Uh, dyslexics in themselves, which is a, a strength that I've discovered about myself, is they're good at narrative reasoning. Dyslexics mm-hmm. can also be good at spatial reasoning okay. or dynamic reasoning. Tourette's and, and even uh, those with development coordination disorder and dyscapnia are, are very creative individuals and again are able to see patterns and be strategic thinkers and problem solvers. I mean, these are all a wide variety of strengths that neodivergence potentially can have if it's, what's what I'm looking for, if it's harnessed well yeah. and promoted well. Absolutely. So there are a, quite a variety of strengths. I mean, and those are just some of the base, you know, some of the, yeah, I would say some of the basics and commonly known ones in regards to neodivergence, in regards to their strengths. Absolutely. So, and I want to point out to to the badass crew here, the, the listener right now, when we talk about identifying patterns, this shows up in a lot of different ways. Hey. Um, I know for me, I am exceptionally good at reading people. Within a few seconds, I have a complete read of a human being 
before they've even sometimes opened their mouth, (laughs) (laughs) you know, their entire body language, but certainly then from language that they use, how they speak, all of that stuff. And I've learned this because there, there are times when I will be talking to somebody and I'll say something about them and they're like, how did you know that? I don't know. I just know. I I just know. I just know it because I have seen so many people in my lifetime. My brain picks up all of that information, stores it away, and then when I meet someone, I'm like, "Oh, hey, they're." Ex- I'm guessing this is what happens in my brain. I don't know. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but what I feel like ha- what happens is my brain goes, "Oh, this person is doing this thing," which reminds me of this other person who I knew five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it is. And that person had these other things going on. So it's looking for the other possible patterns that would point to being correct. Right. Yeah. yeah, And it is eerie sometimes how quickly I can describe for somebody as, as I'm getting to know them. So I'm guessing you probably do this and feel like this and and they're like, how did you? And what you're describing there is, is is also another strength towards various neodiverse individuals. One is mm-hmm. having a strong memory, be able to recall that information. Yeah. So they may have a poor working memory, but they have a good long-term memory. Yeah. And what you're also pointing out as well is the ability to link different patterns, different moments that you may think that is completely unrelated, but actually linked together. And then you're able to conceptualize all of that, which is another strength to put that all together. So there's a variety of strengths when you actually focus on on one strength and have a proper understanding of that, that could be not only a utilizing strength for that individual, but for various companies. Right. Absolutely. So for the person now who's listening and maybe they're a leader in direct sales or network marketing and they maybe don't feel like they are neurodiverse, but they're starting to hear what we're talking about and going, oh, this sounds like this person on my team, or that sounds like this other person on my team, or this person has said, I have ADHD, or I have dyslexia, or you know, they may have identified themselves uh, with their neurodiversity. How can a leader in the world of direct sales and network marketing provide a space that is more supportive of their neurodivergent team members? Well, that's a fantastic question. And there's so much to unpack there. And I hope I'm able to do it justice and get as much detail out there as well. First off, it comes down to creating the right environments. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what, it's about the right environments where that potential can succeed. And that environment also means the right people, the right leaders managing it. And that means that leaders need to be involved, need to have empathy, and need to care. They need to be able to identify and support one's strengths, as well as identify their challenges and support those challenges. In the business world, in the workplace, too often, one where we're focused on one type of prototypes, hence why we have homogeneous teams, to we don't know how to adapt to different prototypes. And three, we tend to hire more generalists rather than specialists. And a lot of neodivergents are specialists. So we need to cultivate an environment where there's room for generalists as well as specialists. 
and focus on their strengths and support those challenges. And that means providing accommodations. Now, this brings up quite a few number of studies. And actually, before I get to the studies, well, let's take a look at, uh, there's a new book out there by Ed Thomas. I'm trying to remember the, the name of the book right now. Uh, I believe it's Uplift. And Ed Thomas, he, he, he comes from the perspective where companies are, company, the, the, the shape of companies are changing. And companies are not growing to the, to, the, the, to the level that they used to grow to because of AI technology. But where companies are growing is through people. And that means cultivating different types of thinking, different types of prototypes within business. So you need to cultivate that environment. And those companies that cultivate different types of thinking have seen a 28% increase in sales. They've, seen a, they've grown faster than those companies that have not cultivated different types of thinking. So obviously, neodiversity is about different types of thinking. Autistic, ADHD, dyslexia, Tourette's, aut uh, dyscalculia are all different types of thinking. Now, there's another aspect as well. There's, in the two studies, the one, one study in particular, they have found that when it comes to neodivergent talent in the workplace, the two, type, two top priorities, which is coming from the, the 2023 report of neodiversity in the workplace, is that neodivergents want psychological safety and they want job satisfaction. They want their leaders and their bosses, their managers, to support them by cultivating the right environment where they're psychologically safe and have career satisfaction. And in fact, this outweighs accommodations. Mm. Many neodivergents are not feeling psychologically safe in the workplace due to the lack of awareness and support in the workplace. And they're not feeling that they're getting job satisfaction. They're not getting recognition. Right. And it's funny, I was recently at a, attending a webinar where we were talking about recognition and, and there were just some really wonderful golden nuggets that I want to share with you. Recognition is the new currency. Yeah. Recognition is the new currency. They want more feedback. They want a career path. They want to be coached. They want recognition can be a learning tool. Mm -hmm. And they also want recognition on a regular basis. And where recognition can be small, it can be big. And too often we wait for something big to happen to get recognition. What about the small stuff? And then there's the other aspect of the golden nugget from, from this individual, which was managers need to move away from micromanagement to micro-understanding. Oh. Let's pause there for a moment. We look at micromanagement. Micromanagement is a tool because there's a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. Let's move away from not trusting to trusting and let's move towards micro-understanding. So let's unpack that. Micro-understanding by having empathy. Micro-understanding by understanding their strengths. Micro-understanding by understanding and supporting their challenges. Micro-understanding by engaging with them and coaching them. Micro-understanding through recognition. I mean, very powerful things. That, is a, that particularly applies for this topic, neodiversity, but also applies to everyone. Recognition is a huge, powerful tool. And you know, you mentioned you know, not liking criticism. I don't like criticism. I hate criticism. 
many neodivergents hate criticism because basically it's one's opinion of you and how you work or how you think and perform differently than how they uh, than how they would want you to perform. Yeah. So criticism is a poor tool, and construction criticism is a very poor terminology. Yeah. People want to be recognized. When people are recognized, you're going back to job satisfaction and psychologically safety. And hence, there's another study where there's a third-party company that focuses on performance, and they help companies improve performance. And what they have seen through their workshops and measuring their workshops afterwards is that when recognition and giving attention, so now micro understanding of giving attention, given every six months, productivity and performance was down. When recognition and giving attention was done twice a month, productivity rose. When recognition and giving attention was given on a daily basis, productivity and performance skyrocketed. Oh, now I do have to say of all of the different job and workplace environments that I've ever been a part of, typically direct sales and network marketing is much better at providing recognition than the traditional workplace. Recognition is something now. Could it be done more often? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh, definitely. But I love that because I feel like the the person who's listening right now, whether they are actively in leadership or not, right? So at least lead yourself. Recognize yourself, right? I mean, it, anybody who's listening, if you are a Facebook friend of mine, you will notice that I toot my own horn a lot. And it's not about being cocky. It's about going, I'm, in, I'm a solopreneur. If I don't toot my own horn, who else is going to? Who else is going to, right? So I think that simple thing, because recognition costs nothing mm-hmm. but time and effort. Costs yeah, nothing completely- but time and effort, but look at the results. I completely agree with you. And what I would say to what you said earlier is that we need recognition because recognition is the new currency. Yeah. And this is important because recognition, frankly, should have been the new currency a very long time ago. Yeah. Because when we take a look at neodivergence, many suffer from poor self-esteem. Yep. They suffer from poor self-esteem because they've been constantly told there's something wrong with them. Once again, many don't disclose in the workplace because of that fear of stigma and shame. Fear and stigma and shame brought on by society because of the medical model being told there's just something wrong with them. So many suffer, once again, from poor self-esteem, lack of confidence, lack of competence, because they haven't got enough wins. And this is where I call the ability formula. The ability formula is competence plus confidence plus wins plus self-esteem. So in order to develop the, the, the self-esteem, you have to have competence. Once you have confidence, you're able to establish confidence. And in order to establish confidence and confidence, you need to have a lot of wins. And those wins is recognition. Yeah. And when you have those recognition, then you start to improve your self-esteem. Where you're like, I can do this. Let's move on to the next step. Let's, let's get even higher and higher and higher. But if that self-esteem hasn't been nurtured, then many individuals, unfortunately, myself included, 
find it hard to recognize one's own strengths or to give oneself their own recognition. Mm. I, that, that's incredibly powerful. And I, I think that feeds back into what we were talking about before when we were talking about the SWOT analysis, having someone else who supports you and loves you doing this, the, the SWOT analysis separately from you. So you do it yourself, see what you come up with, have someone else do it and and then compare notes because you're going to see things in yourself that they may not see because they're not inside your head right but i think that that can certainly help bolster one's self-esteem to see that somebody else sees something that you do as a strength that you may not have even recognized yourself so I could talk to you about this forever, Joseph. I, I wish I could. And so we're going to have to have you come back and we'll dig into some additional things people can do, especially leaders in the network marketing space, because I know that there's so much more here that we can unpack and dig into. So Joseph, if someone wants to get more information before I get you back on the show at some point, <laughs> how can they reach out to you? The best place is to reach out to me on my website. www.josephkmuscat.com or muscat, should I say, (laughs) josephkmuscat.com. And there you will find many ways to get in contact with me. So that's the best way. Awesome. I love it. And then they'll be able to check other things out. And of course, if you're wondering, okay, how do I spell that? Y'all, it's in the show notes. (laughs) So for those of you who have listened to the show, you know how to get to the show notes. If this is your first time ever listening to the show, and you want to connect with Joseph, what you're going to do to get to the show notes and to figure out how to to get to the right link is just click on today's episode, as long as you're not driving, scroll up just a little bit, and you'll see under Joseph's picture, uh, all of his contact information, his, his bio, our key takeaways, but then you'll see his website listed. Click there, go check it out, connect with him through his website, So that way you can ask the questions you want to ask, maybe get him into your company to teach and train about neurodiversity because, man, this guy knows his stuff. So, Joseph, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Oh, I so appreciate you more than you know. So everybody, Badass Crew, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.